Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next exciting installment of the Tartan Tabletop Podcast, Scotland's most exciting Dungeons & Dragons actual play experience. I'll be your Dungeon Master, as always, Josh Aitken, and joining me, as usual, our assortment of space rogues and thieves. Uh, we have the wonderful Alex Bath, Niall Curran, Sam Stewart, and Lauren McCogan. Hi, friends. How do you do? How's everyone's Christmas and New Year been? I've took a little break there. How are we all getting on? Yeah, good, man. I have food poisoning. (laughs) (laughs) Tis the season. Um, To start us off here, I actually have a little joke uh, that I got from a Christmas cracker uh, that I found 30 (laughs) seconds ago on my desk. uh, I thought would be a nice nice festive way to start. Um, Why is it getting... Sorry, on you go. No, after no, Sam, please for all the, interrupt me. For interrupt all the viewers the out there, important part. This isn't a bit. Josh has literally pulled out a Christmas cracker piece of paper. I have. I've pulled out a Christmas card piece of paper. Um, why is it getting harder to buy it's anything? With <laughs> 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 what? Because I'm in the room, baby. <laughs> what kind of joke is this? <laughs> Why is it getting harder to buy advent calendars? Don't know, Josh. Why? Because their days are numbered. Uh. <laughs> this is the most like Chris Moyles, like fucking Radio One thing <laughs> we've ever fucking done on here. Um, cool. We haven't actually discussed at all prior to recording because we do have a conversation before we record. It, like what happened last time? Um, I don't remember. Uh, I'm hoping one of you guys can can sort of fill us in here. What was yeah, going on? I, mean, <laughs> I edited the episode, so I'm very familiar, overly familiar. Um, we landed on a dinosaur planet. Uh, we um, got to a location where we brutally murdered some lizard men, and then we uh, also fought a big sort of semi-robotic T-Rex, and then we rescued a semi-robotic pterodactyl, and now we're flying away on said pterodactyl. Metal. There we go. Medal the pterodactyl. Does anyone have any questions? Does anyone have any questions before we begin? I'll take that as a no, that resounding (laughs) silence. Um, Cool. Without further ado then, uh, let's begin. The dense cold of space presses against your bodies. You are beaten, bruised, and altogether exhausted. The tragedy of the eclipse's final voyage seems now like a distant memory rather than something that happened just over 24 hours ago. (sighs) Those of you with stomachs feel them churn as your new companion slash vehicle, Meadow, twists and dives around dark and jagged asteroids. Every now and then a rogue tentacle from the un- fathomably large creature that patrols this strange part of the cosmos seems to appear almost from empty space itself, making increasingly violent attempts at ensnaring you all. Meadow, however, is quick and nimble, designed perfectly by the scientists on planet Rod XD to outmaneuver the beast, and after hours of persistent dodging, the attacks begin to let up. You hurtle towards a large cluster of floating asteroids, forming a sort of egg-like shape. Uh, The gaps 
between the rocks, barely big enough for you to fit through. Does anyone have anything to say as you're sort of careening around space, approaching this uh, almost undodgeable um, lump of a rock? Uh, I can't speak. As uh, as we clarified in the last podcast, I can hold my breath for an hour, so I'm <laughs> unable to speak, so I'm making a series of very aggressive hand gestures trying to figure out what's going on. Now, I know this is a stressful situation, but really, it's, uh, it's ever so peaceful, isn't it? <laughs> this meadow bitch whack. <laughs> While we're going through space, is it possible to gain any sort of sense of direction as to, like, where we came from when we crashed off of the cruise ship? Um, roll me a perception check. Not so good at that. Oh, sugar, 23. 23. So, just to get it correct, what you're asking, you're asking, like, where, like, what direction you are, like, where was Planet Road XD? That's where you crash landed, or where the actual crash site was of the ship? Mm, no, as in, like, you know, obviously when we were on the, the cruise ship and we jet podded through into the, the river, it was mm-hmm. like. Did we? Can we see back to the other side of the river? While oh, we're in so space? like the, the edge of the river. Um, yeah. Can we you, see like safe space? You look back. Um, everything around you is a sort of torrent of you know like cosmic mist and like roiling tornadoes of purple and black and flashes of gold and silver lightning and a weird green sort of air. You can't see back to where where, you know, the known as where regular space is. You see and you feel on a 23 the sort of direction where that should be, um, but as you look back there, you can't see that. Interesting. So we are kind of just jumping about between places and we don't really know where we are at all. Yeah, it's a Saturday morning TV show type thing, episodic. That's what we're doing here, people. Uh, a, new, a new adventure every week. Um, Meadow Shrieks. Uh, and then sort of banks are hard left, flipping into a straight sideways sort of jackknife, uh, wings spread full, um, narrowly squeezing you through a very tight gap uh, in this sort of large rock formation uh, in the middle of space. And then all of a sudden you float. Uh, This area, somehow it seems, has, has developed its own atmosphere slowly you feel a bit more gravity come into place as you float towards what would be the ground inside here um sort of an egg-shaped fishbowl made of colliding rock i've wrote here imagine an easter egg um it's like a big easter egg in space made of rock Uh, as you find in here it has its own atmosphere you can slowly sort of it's not, you know, hard gravity like Earth, like moon gravity, almost, is the best way to describe it, you know, without people, like, bouncing around sort of thing. Um, outside, the torrent of the river rages on, flashing lightning and sharp debris, constant explosive collision, uh, and a consistent fear of death, but in here, there is a strange sort of harmony. Um, strange, alien, beautiful flowers grow on the insides of the rocks, all reaching towards a single source of light floating in the very centre. As you sort of look around and get your bearings, you see there a skeleton in a spacesuit. You somewhat recognise the suit itself, a large solar energy torch on its helmet giving out enough power for new life to grow just a little in this random weird sort of 
meadow almost, as the dead man spins slowly with the writhing movement of space itself. What would you like to do? I imagine my fucking brain would explode after seeing that. So <laughs> I'm gonna take a massive breath in. Did you take a breath in? There's air in here. Was that a little oh, air pocket? Oh, thank fuck! Oh, he can talk oh. again. Oh, just give me a fucking minute, huh? Uh, Take all the time you need. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking good. Oh, that's good. Are you okay, Mr. Petey, sir? Am I alright? Now, as I, uh, as I stated, I can hold my breath for quite a long time. I've never held my breath for that long before. I might have a little bit of a ooze damage. I don't feel good. I just, I need a minute. You guys go. I'm gonna sit by metal here, get my bearings, maybe eat some plants. Uh, we'll see what happens. Are there any plants around us right now? Yeah, there's the like sort of flowers, like weird, multicolored. The best way to describe this is imagine you're inside an Easter egg, but inside that Easter egg, all of the walls are covered in flowers, and there's a dead guy floating in the middle. Uh, as the sort of one source of light that they're all sort of growing towards. This planet is the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the... So we're like stood on sort of one of the inside walls of the egg. Yeah, like a big womb. The womb room. And how God. large is it from like the, to the other side of the egg? Um, to the other side of the egg, sort of the curvature of the bottom of it... Um, if you were to jump directly across, is about thirty feet. Oh wow! This is like a Mario Galaxy planet. Yeah, it's like a yeah, it's like almost yeah, like a little. Oh fuck area. yeah! It's very cool. Um, I'd like to just sort of hop a little bit, do a bit of hopping, a little bit of hopping. And what I will say to you is, um, this place is safe to rest in, is what I've read. Uh, oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to immediately hit the deck. <laughs> this would be our first long rest of the entire campaign, so I think we should take advantage of that. We finished the fight with the T-Rex last time, and Alex uh, had an aside with me. He's like, by the way, none of us have had a rest since all of this began. I was like, fuck, I better. How, where could you rest in the fucking depths of wild space? A fucking a, a, an egg planet. I don't know. Um, so this is where we are. nest egg. I love it. Aww. Um, so are you guys all just going to rest? Does anything want to do before you have a rest? Did you say we recognise that dead spinning man? Yes, there's a slight familiarity to the spacesuit he has on. Um, you recognise it at first glance that it's from um, your side of space, from the known. It's not from uh, uh, the river. It's not from any anywhere out here. Okay. He's definitely dead. He's fully bones. <laughs> Oh my god, it's Phoebe Bridgers! <laughs> <laughs> Could we search and see if he's got any like pockets or anything that might have some info as to how he ended up here? I quite like to yeah, take that sure, space. Yeah, you, so. um, uh, you can roll me an investigation check. Braxton, um, you can roll me a history check. Okay. I got a 16 for history. 16 for history. Um, I'll go with that first. What did people get for investigation? Dirty 20. Dirty 20. 16 as well. 16 as well. 13. 13. Cool. Uh, with your guys' roles for investigation, you all sort of uh, pile on to this floating corpse like vultures. 
Um, I'm imagining you like launching from the edge of the egg um, onto this corpse as you'll start tearing it apart to try and find something of worth. Um, there's nothing on its person other than the suit that it's wearing itself, which would appear to be like a, just a usable space suit. Um, the light on the helmet is like a working sort of solar light um, that you could use. You could have that one, now. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm still recovering here. I'm taking massive deep breaths in. Yeah, so. like a... Yeah, Peony, you can, you can have the spacesuit, but you'll have to pull the dead guy out of it first. I don't <laughs> pull the dead guy out. I um, fully go slime form and slime oh, in. No. And then... <laughs> and then instead no. of... I then push the bones out of the mouth of the helmet. Oh, no. <laughs> and then get in, get all comfy. Hey, this is nice. You know, the helmet was open, so the smell's dissipated. It's nice. PD5 wasn't already arresting you, and I arrested you for that. That was disgusting. <laughs> You're welcome, baby. possibly more terrifying than anything I could ever write. Imagine <laughs> yeah, that happening. It was really grim. <laughs> I suppose it's marginally better than P.E. getting in and leaving the skeleton inside the suit as well. Well, that's what I thought you were going. I thought you were going to use that as like your own skeleton. You dissolve the bones. Yeah, for food. I could use that as a skeleton. Would that give me any advantages, Josh? If I gave myself your a whole life is you don't have a skeleton. <sighs> How would you squeeze those one inch cracks? I'd just so lose much? the skeleton, but like, would I gain? I would stop uh, you doing that, but I'd give you a plus one to strength. That's it's, it's like having a it's like having like a, an item that I can just drop at any point if I need to do something else. I'm gonna uh, pull the skeleton back into my suit. Oh god! <laughs> you guys are watch as he like spits this skeleton out and then slowly sucks it back in. Work, bitch. <laughs> Don't, don't encourage that kind of behaviour, please. I'm going to put my suit back inside my, my little uh, suitcase as well. Cool. Uh, Braxton, um, with your 16 on history, something about uh, watching the bones fly out of Pete's mouth. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Something about the decrepit spacesuit um, is really ringing a bell for you. Um, right. You sort of look at it closer um, and you catch the logo on the arm. Um, this was a suit made by Deadless Corp, uh, a sort of shady research corporation specialising in spearheading new colonisation projects um, that you did like a little bit of work for back in the 90s. Uh, <laughs> you did like some very, very like low level sort of like snatch and grab type stuff for them. Nothing like high end, but you've done a little bit of work for them and they were quite shady and shadowy. Um, but they went bust 25 years ago from your memory I'll, um, I'll relay that information to to youngins of the group the youngins um, and I'll ponder uh, what would Deadless Corp be doing all the way out here I thought no one had ever been to this side of space before hey, well, maybe if maybe they had, got lost yeah you know if they had like uh, maybe they're trying to get through this area for resources you know as you said this company went out of business maybe this is a last ditch attempt to get some cash you know, mines and planets that have been untouched. You know, there's a lot of reasons to be out of here. Maybe if this guy's out here, there's more of his people out here we can scavenge. More bones. Or maybe someone that can help us get back home. I'm more interested in bones now. I quite like this bone feeling. Uh, I've never had bone hands. This is this is nice. I can grab things. Uh, let me shake your hand. You, you've all... I don't want to... No, I don't want to <laughs> do on. that. I that. shake Pete's hand. Oh, How does that feel, huh? 
I mean, it feels kind of weirdly normal to me. Does it feel nice for you having some some bones? You know what? I quite like it. I'm quite rigid. I can't I can't blob or lucify myself, but I do quite like. I feel quite rigid. Uh, I feel like I have great posture. You know, posture's never really been an issue for us because we could just have it. But like, I feel like now I have it without thinking about having the posture. You know, sometimes I kind of like start to like, you know, bend over and fall over. But now I feel I feel very upright. I feel very tall. Obviously, this guy wasn't as tall as me, so there's quite a lot of gaps in the vertebrae. But it still feels quite nice. It still feels quite nice. You're a wonderful improviser now. You're a wonderful actor. You are. <laughs> <laughs> um, just for just for reference, because I was thinking about it when you had ha- shook his hand. What that feels like, I would imagine, is like shaking the hand of a toddler whose hands are covered in jam. Um, <laughs> most likely. Um, sort of a squelch to it. And the, the bones kind of shaking a little bit within the, the hand as I yeah. shake. Just like a, yeah. a, a bag of bones. All the bones are in the wrong places, by the way. Like, <laughs> like he has a general approximation, but like the thigh bones or the shin should be... You know, it's all, it's all very... Topsy-topsy. The shin bone's connected to the foot bone. All that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, cool. You guys are going for a long rest? Yeah, and as we sort of realise that this seems like a good place to, to rest, I sort of I suppose I would come back to what Braxton was saying. Just, yeah, regards to... Because it feels like it's not even really been like a full day since we sort of got marooned off the ship, but mm. what do we, like... What's our plan? Do we just... Is this our life now? We're just going to hop around and try and find somewhere to live or like how do we even get back home guys don't know yet we'll find out this for now we got somewhere a nice egg womb to sleep in and uh, that's good enough for now i say we make this our new life we have flowers an abundance of bones you're you're saying that because you're getting arrested the second we get back to the node listen i don't have a lot going for me when I go back. But here, I'm king of the castle. I got bones, I got flowers, I got my pterodactyl. I'm doing great. And I got friends. I Obviously not you, Elfman, but I have friends. You know, I got this this like cool robot. I got Sky. You know, Sky, look at you. Robust. You, you're awesome. Like look, Your dance I'm, moves. I, you, Sky. I'm your friend? Of course you're my friend, kid. Yeah, I know. I know back on uh, Raw or XD, whatever it's called, we had some, uh, we had some problems, you know, we, I, I shouted at you, you were cheeky to me, I didn't appreciate the cheek. However, you're young, you know, you're a kid, and I get that, you know, like, you're gonna have, you're gonna have some issue towards people with authority, so I get it, and I am a very authority, authoritative, you know, person, especially more so now that I have a skeleton, um, <laughs> yeah, I understand, but yeah, you're my friend, and Mr. Elfman, I have... Not friendship towards you, but a, a sense of respect. You know, I respect you as an adversary. I respect you as, uh, in some ways, as a lawman. And uh, having a skeleton, it has made me... <laughs> it's made me understand you humanoids a bit better. And wearing this spacesuit has made me understand you a lot better robust. Because, you know, you have an exoskeleton. I have... Now both, I have an exoskeleton and an inside skeleton. So it's nice. I get it. I get it. This this skeleton, it's really changed you, PD. 
I'm slipping for your character development. Oh, thank you. I'm gonna shake robust hand. She's gonna do like a. She's gonna try and make like a little girly handshake with a. Ah, oh, come on. Roll me a strength check, bro. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> You want to get low. Uh, you break every bone in his hand. No! <laughs> um, as you guys do that, um, you're sort of settling in. I do have a, a sort of host of roles. Just as a sort of you guys are settling down, you're sort of thinking about things um, that I, I would like you to make um, for the sake of exposition. Um, so, Braxton, you've done your history check. PT, if you could roll me an insight check. Of course. We'll do it one by one. Just before we go to sleep, I'd like to say to Ro very quietly, while uh, while PT is inciting over there, uh, I'm just going to turn to Ro and say, now, uh, you don't sleep, right? You, uh, you just sort of power down a little bit. Affirmative. I'd like you to keep one eye open, make sure it's locked firmly on PT. I don't trust his new attitude. You're just jealous because he's slipping his best life. I've always had bones, Ro, and I don't have to be slimy <laughs> like him. <laughs> Whilst you're doing this, I'm figuring out how to dance with my new bony skeleton. It looks horrible. It looks horrendous. <laughs> it's, it's horrid. There's cracking going on. It's kind of like, you look like flubber. You look more like flubber somehow. Um, what was your insight, Peter? That was a 15. 15. Um, you... Well, you're sort of getting to grips with your bones. You, as you said earlier, you you're living your fucking best life. You know, you've got your flowers, you've got bones, you've got meadow, and then you look across at meadow, and on a fifteen insight, you see that her breath it seems a bit laboured. She sort of lies. She starts just lying there. Um, you think maybe she could be tired. You know, she's not really built for long voyages, or maybe it's something else. How are these flowers looking? In what sense? Like, if I... Meadow, like any animal slash dinosaur slash android robot thingamajiggy, uh, would need sustenance. Yeah, huh? So maybe she'd feel a bit better if I fed her some flowers. You can try. But I'd also I'd also not like to kill her only way off of this. You can roll me a uh, nature check if you would like. Can we do that? 19? 19. Oh, shit. You don't know a huge amount about robots and like technology and specifically this technology that she's made from, uh, but you do know a lot about animals and she is half animal. Um, you have a look over, you just kind of look her up and down. The crux of the matter, it seems, is that the sort of biological elements of her are just old. Um, and you think, you know, unless maybe she becomes a whole one thing, a whole machine, possibly. Um, those parts will eventually die of old age. P stops dancing. <laughs> you were dancing that whole fucking time. Bro, how would you feel if you just got bones, all right? You'd want to dance. Jesus Christ. Name of the episode, Petey Gets Boned. Petey Gets Boned. <laughs> one night on Petey. <laughs> Uh, okay so my guess is obviously this is what I've always thought about like D&D and things with things like cure wounds and like healing spells and healing magic theoretically everyone should kind of be immortal by like my kind of thought process but obviously there has to be a 
Because what, like, you, you get into your 120s, you get, like, bad lungs, someone goes, cure wounds, your lungs are fine. That's, like, my thought. So, but obviously there must be, a, there must be like, a ceiling to that, to an extent. So I guess we could maybe keep her going if we kept... I'm not going to say yes or no to that. Um, you're just going to have to find out as the series progresses. Uh, and with that, okay. uh, I'll cut across to someone else now. Um, Sky, if you could roll me an Arcana check. Arcana, that's something I'm meant to be good at. I'm a wizard. I'm a wizard, baby. Uh, that's pretty good. It's a 19. 19. Um, as you sort of lie there amongst the flowers and sort of start to get comfortable in one of the, you know, the sort of ridges of the kind of egg shape, um, very ergonomical, it's very comfortable. Um, you start to feel your hand drawn to your pocket um, as something seems to vibrate, which had sounded weird now that I've said it out loud. Um, as you as you reach in there, you feel... This is just getting weirder. This is all stuff I've written. Um, your hand is drawn <laughs> to your pocket. As you reach in, you feel something warm to your touch. Um Jesus. You should, uh, you should maybe write a wee, a wee dirty novel, I, Josh. You make you know a what? Penny I think I'm, I that might be the next. What's adventure. your smut novel name? My smut, my, my smut novel, my author name, or the name of the the novel? Both. <laughs> my author name is Goldie McLaughlin. Um, <laughs> Goldie McLaughlin. <laughs> um, and the smut novel name would be Warm to the cold, touch. <laughs> cold to the touch. Did you say? <laughs> warm to the touch warm to the touch warm to the touch that's pretty good we'll go with that anyway i'm gonna i'm gonna turn down my lights and play some smooth saxophone jazz while you read out the rest of okay. this um you feel something warm to the touch in your pocket it's it's the compass that captain orion has given you why is it warm <laughs> it gets worse. It's now shuddering in your hand. Um, <laughs> it's shuddering in your hand. Um, as you pull it out and hold it in front of you, um, <laughs> you see <laughs> these are all things I've wrote. So I don't know why I've. I don't know what was going on in my life. Um, <laughs> You're going through it last night. <laughs> you see that it sort of hums with a faint astral light. Um, an overwhelming feeling of magic trails up your arm from it. Um, what would you like to do? So, if I remember correctly, this compass had, you know, markings and it was laid out, but it wasn't in a language or script that I. So that was you. yes, that, and also the journal was kind of like that as well that you'd seen. But the the the, yeah. the compass as well sort of had weird sort of eldritch esque sort of weird markings and things on it i su- i suppose if i had a compass mm-hmm. does it like i'd maybe just try and turn it around a couple of different ways because like if it's a compass and it works the same as compasses that we would have in our bit mm-hmm. of space then maybe there's a okay. north in some direction so you turn it around there doesn't seem to be anything appearing on the face um but as you sort of move it around in your hand you see a little circular almost like node appear uh, with blue light seems to be just big enough for your thumb to fit into oh press it press it hard put your it. thumb in the hole um <laughs> you place your thumb on there the compass lights up sort of like a hologram but smokier not quite the same technology um 
the dial that appears uh, rather than having like north east west I've, put, I've written north east west etc instead of just saying south um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the sides of a compass that normally be on a compass um, aren't there uh, his face is bare with a single arm um, pointing firmly just to the right hand side of where you currently sit uh, as you sort of get up maybe you move around or you reposition yourself uh, it, oh yeah like if it, if it's pointing at something like yeah. turn to the point you sort of move around and you see that it adjusts itself as you move to always be pointing in that same direction from where you're facing sort of thing hmm. maybe that's space north that's yeah Maybe that's what that is. <laughs> maybe. Oh, maybe we've got one of those Captain Jack Sparrow compasses that points to wherever we need to go next. Wouldn't that be very useful for me well, as that'd a DM? That'd be handy. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be a little bit of fucking DMX machina? Um, as you sort of mess around in your pocket, maybe you put that back in, you play around with it, you also feel that you still have that computer chip that you'd been given? Yes, of that course. never came to I'm anything. I'm still not giving it to you. Well, I was told to give it to Petey, but then Petey was arrested and shot his sister, and then... Yeah. Cool. Is there anything else you'd like to do before I move on? Does it look like the computer chip would do anything with the compass? It doesn't look like it would do anything with the compass. It is just like a <clears throat> standard computer chip from kind of your part of the world. I would maybe, I would maybe go over to to row if row is like maybe powered slightly and i just be like hey row you seem like you've got a, a good grasp on like the vibes of braxton and Petey. would that be correct you are so right girl i knew it i knew it okay <laughs> so i want a vibe check on both of those guys because the captain gave me this <laughs> computer chip and i'm like he told me to give it to Petey, but I'm like, mm, is that the right kind of vibe? Or maybe is the right vibe to give it to Braxton? Or maybe I should just keep it and we never find out what it is, but that seems Fuck boring. Fuck it, give it to me, queen. <laughs> Actually, yeah, like, I suppose it's a computer chip. Can you tell, can you, like, plug it in and see what it see what I'll it's do what? my best. Yeah, you have a full yeah. slot in the side of your head that you can plug that into. You <laughs> jam the computer chip, you Let's do it, Queen. <laughs> I love your new vibe. <laughs> you jam the computer chip in. Um, it takes a couple of seconds to download, roll. Um, but you see it's like a, a sort of dossier. Like that sort of like window that appears that would appear on Windows when you put a USB in. Uh, it's basically like that. Just like loads of files and pictures. And you scan through that in your own head. This isn't visible to anyone else. Um, and you see a video, video files of Petey's sister, Mucaseta, um, meeting with Dust Runners, um, and a wiretapped audio file of her discussing Petey's potential assassination. Um, it seems uh, that the guy wearing the wire was the other guy that was sat at the table, not Sludgehammer, uh, on the Eclipse. Uh, that, if we remember Petey, you didn't really know who he was, he just sort of appeared over the last couple of weeks and uh, it turns out it was a mole for whatever reason for Captain Orion um, there's also an old thread of messages on there um, a sort of email thread a conversation between Daedalus Orion the father of Captain Orion 
uh, and your father, Pete, uh, Polly, a cardamoid. Um, it's back and forth for a while, a whole lot of it's intentionally vague, referencing something called Project Icarus, uh, but never directly stating what that is, only how they might fund it through uh, Polly's enterprise. The end of the thread, however, gets strangely personal. The two revealing what appears to be a sort of level of friendship. Uh, the final message closes with uh, Polly, Pete's father, writing, My final request is that you look after them for me, D. Our children are the future, the whole reason we're doing this. Don't, they, don't let them fucking kill each other before this is all over. Oh, and Merry Christmas. Brackets, it's a plasmoid holiday. Sound P. <laughs> um, and that's that's all that's on the file. Whether you want to share that with anyone else, um, but only you know that, Arrow. Uh, I was about to call you Roy there. <laughs> Roy. <laughs> um, I think Ro is finally like coming around to Sky. Like, he was a bit annoying and like too chipper for her for a bit, but like. She's like set, like settled herself with like. There's gonna be the four of these people, and she's just on the good vibes train. Um, OMG, OMG bestie, you are not gonna believe this. OMG, what? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is giving like when you're like 26 and you're like friends with the 19 year olds at work, and they like talk to you, like that. <laughs> you have to like adjust yourself. <laughs> Well, it's funny because I imagine like Rose been like like eyes rolled back, like like doing computer like whiz things for like thirty seconds, and then just like resets to like normal mode again. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what? They were gonna stitch our girl up, PD, real bad, and then she's gonna just play it out of her mouth speaker again. So she's gonna like just play it on low volume and just uh, not to wake Braxton up and just tell Sky the now. His little mustache is fluttering as he snores. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I suppose it makes sense that some other law enforcement was out there trying to catch Petey. I mean, it sounds like it was a pretty big deal back in his home planet. Um, still, it kind of sucks now that I can see he's just a, a little glob who just wanted bones. <laughs> Don't we all, girl? Cool. Do you guys want to do anything else between the two of you uh, while we're here? Not There's right no, now. no, like, I know she's like a sort of co-pilot, but does she know, like, the whole... There seems to be some like personal beef between Braxton and Petey, or is it just that like Braxton is obsessed with his job, or like, like a Javert type character, or like, is there like personal beef? Would she know at all, or is she just vibing? I would say, as far as you know, it's a sort of Javert type thing, um, where he just loves the law. Um, if that is like a sort of more personal beef, I don't know if he would have shared that with you. He doesn't tend to share personal things with. He probably would share things with Ro a bit more, but not said anything to you about that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Nap time. Cool. Um, as you're powering down Ro, um, if you could give me an intelligence check. Six. Six. Um, your processors are taking a bit longer than usual to compute sort of the information that's been presented to you over the sort of past day. Um, but as you do sort of go into, I don't know, standby mode, I suppose, um, a, a semi-conclusion sort of crosses your head. The the tentacled beast uh, that's been that's been attacking you guys whenever you're in space and attacked the eclipse. Um, whenever it has been attacking you, it's only ever presented itself as like a mass of tentacles. 
but you you've never seen like the origin of them like you've never seen like a body or like a head it's just been like a writhing mass of like limbs essentially um every attack that's been made against you has all seemed to appear uh, almost from the storm itself and from all angles um, leading you to believe that these tentacles are actually uh, autonomous um, or that this creature can exist uh, it seems in maybe multiple areas uh, all at one time yeah um, I'm gonna wait till everyone's awake and then make that big um, eureka cool um we're all settling down to sleep now is there any last things anyone would like to do before we i'd like to feed meadow some flowers give me an animal handling check you kill meadow <laughs> if we do <laughs> we're kind of screwed guys it's a five meadow doesn't want to eat the flowers uh but you make her eat the flowers, bro. You, you, you've got a handful. You're just jamming them in to her, her beak. Um, it's not looking good. I'm sorry. You gotta eat. You gotta <laughs> eat. You gotta stay satiated. I'm so sorry. You've, you've made her. You, whatever was happening to her, in terms of like her aging process and her dying, you have sped it up. No. It's only going to happen quicker. I just wanted to help. Cool. Um, as you guys uh, settle down for the night, um, roll. You you don't really sleep. You know, you're a completely robotic life form. Um, and you can sort of gain, as I'd said before, the same sort of benefits uh, of rest from entering in a, a standby mode. Um, what does that? What do you think that looks like to you? You know, what does that? What does that entail when you go into standby mode? How is that? Her all her like her like eye visor type things. She's got like a visor for eyes that like turns down. All her lights are down except one sort of. She's got like a little heart on her chest, and that's like sort of glowing, pulsating. Nice. Um, as all that starts to happen, um, your vision goes black, and you feel uh whatever you're consciousness can be quantified as uh, rolling back into the casing of your head and through your processing unit the whirring of tiny gears and the clicking of dials gently hum away as you fall deeper and deeper in and then something new happens, you get stuck stuck uh, in a specific file area of your own mind um, somewhere that you don't feel that you've ever been before. You hear faintly a familiar voice. Roll. Your eyes flicker back to life. The scene around you blurry. Roll. Rowan. The voice gets louder. Oh heck, Rowan! Don't tell me you've cut out on me. You see clearly now. You're in a room of pastel colours, cream wallpaper, a small wooden chair with a fleece blanket thrown over the top, a shelf of books, dusty and old, and a small fireplace. Electric, not real. Um, a double bed, only one side crinkled from persistent use. You are in your memory files. A place that, to your knowledge, had long since been erased. 
this is where you began. Is there anything you'd like to reply to the man in front of you as the memory is still hazy, uh, but slowly coming back to you? Are you insinuating that she's a, a baby robot? Um, yeah. You are a little <laughs> one sort of, you are sort of like a little radio. Uh, you're like just a little <laughs> square box with a consciousness right now. But can I recognise anyone at all, no? Um, roll me a insight check. 23. Oh, wow. On a 23, things start to become a little bit clearer again. Um, the line between sort of your consciousness in the present day sort of sitting in this memory and and you being sort of present in the memory um, starts to blur a little bit more. This is 700 years prior to where we are today. Um, as I said, your processing unit is within a small square box with wooden panelling, sort of like a ham radio. Um, in front of you, you see a face that fills you with a feeling of calm. An old human man with grey hair round coke bottle glasses and a slightly kind of chubby build um, he wears a green wool cardigan with multiple kind of tails and rips on the sleeves uh, and a warm smile on his face um, the name Mike uh, it sort of rings through your head um, your creator coming in Mike what, what, what did you say there Rowan sorry my hearing isn't it ain't as good as it used to be like turns her volume up for like one dial that she has as a radio. <laughs> Coming in, Mike. Oh, it's it's nice to hear your voice again. I th- I thought I'd lost you there. How did how did you sleep? Was your rest okay? Pretty good, girl. What about you? <laughs> I've told you before, Rowan. I'm not a girl. I'm a grown man. <laughs> and he sort of taps you in the side and he says, "Uh." You know, I don't know what I'd have, uh, I'd have done with you not, not being here. You know, I was a, I was a little bit scared. I, that's that's silly, isn't it? That's a little bit silly. <laughs> that's whack, girl. <laughs> oh, so full of life you are. How's the? Uh, how's your memory? Do you remember uh, our past conversations? I know that we we struggled on getting that that part of your system to work. And um, I'm gonna tell you right now, you don't. You can reply as you would like, but you don't remember it. I got nothing, girl. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Means means I get to tell you my stories all over again. <laughs> you won't get bored. <laughs> so, should we start? You comfortable? Affirmative. As you sort of settle in and he starts to tell you his old stories, um, you peer around the room a little more. The walls are adorned um, with kind of mementos and framed pictures. And he's sort of halfway through one of his shit sort of old man tales um, and he notices you not looking at him and sort of looking around and he says, uh, these here, Rowan, these things you're looking at, they're my memories. See, for you, uh, they're all stored in a little doohickey in your head but well, my my doohickey it don't work too good no more um so I, I keep them all out here uh, to to remind me of them you know you understand sounds unreliable you should clear your cash yeah 
maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Um, he walks over to a small, a sepia-toned image sitting on a table uh, and lifts it up. And he says, uh, "You know, this one here is the the most the most important." Um, he turns it around to show you, and it's an image of a just a young couple uh, on their wedding day. You can tell that the man is Mike because uh, of the slight sort of crook in his nose, uh, but the woman looks unfamiliar. You're slaying here, Mike. Who was your stylist? <laughs> <laughs> You're right, I am slaying, as uh, as the, the young <laughs> robots would say. And my stylist, well, it's this beautiful lady right here. That's, that's uh, well, the most beautiful lady in the entire, the whole entire world. And, you know, uh, we'd been sweethearts since we were kids, and she was always making sure I looked my best. Uh, this day in this picture right here was the happiest of my whole entire life. Uh, well... She passed last June timber. <clears throat> you know, I I, uh, I I missed having someone to talk to, uh, someone to spend my days and nights with. Well, that's you know, that's why I made you. That's why. Uh, that's why I named you after her, Rowan. <laughs> I wish I could physically do some form of comfort in him but I am a block of words <laughs> um, she's gonna like she was beautiful I hope I can live up to the name thank you that 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 means a lot and you know she always she always wanted a daughter you know but uh just you know that didn't happen for us and uh yeah listen I know uh, I know you ain't you ain't her, you ain't really her, not really, not Rowan, but you, you, you're, you're your own person, because you, you are a person in your own way, uh, so I, I was thinking, you know, maybe we, we call you something else, I don't know, well, what do you think, what, what, what would you like me to call you? She's like, searching around the room for some, like, inspiration, what can I see? <laughs> you see... You know, just a mix of things. He sees you looking around and he sees, you know, the confusion on your face and he says, well, what? Well, not Rowan, but what about, what about just Row? How's that? Suits me just fine. <laughs> yeah. I love you. Uh, and as he says that, um, your memory cuts out and you sort of open your eyes in the present day. And that's the end of a long rest uh, as we all sort of start to wake up. Morning, Ro. <sighs> hey, does someone want to come crack my back? I got Diddy, that is all you, okay? Uh, Ro, you alright? You look a little, uh... Well, I've never seen you look, I don't know, bleary-eyed before. I really need to update my systems. Oh, we can have a look at that at some point. Uh, did you, uh, spot anything with old Mr. Newbones over there? Y'all know what's whack? These tentacles, I ain't ever seen them attached to nobody. No head. What's that all about? They must be very long. I don't know where they're coming from. Could uh, someone perhaps be summoning these tentacles in different places in space and time? Maybe from a different plane or dimension? 
That's why there's no head. Maybe there's just like a tentacle dimension, and then someone's like, open tentacle yeah, dimension. Yeah, a portal and then like, some kind. Yeah, a portal. If there's a tentacle dimension, I don't ever want to go there. Hey, <laughs> speak for yourself, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> the man gets bones and now he's a fucking pervert. What happened? Is, is this Niall talking or Pete? <laughs> You'll never know. Has anyone maybe considered the tentacles are like me? They are robotic, connected to nothing, controlled by something. You're not controlled by anybody, bro. Except you, King. <laughs> I'm trying to break free. <laughs> Skies may be a wee bit like, whoa, 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 wait. Is there some sort of servitude going on here? I thought you were partners. We are partners. It's just light, robot, human banter. <laughs> um, so what oh, are you okay. guys wanting to do? I, well, we can't obviously stay here forever. It, does Meadow look any better after her sleep? She looks like a little better. I'm going to make a little roll here to see how better. See how much Nile poisoned her. Um, she's she's better enough to fly. She doesn't look great, but like she's she's well enough. I will say. Does it look like it's the organic side of her or the robotic side of her that is the suffering? organic side? The robotic side is is working perfectly. It's the organic side that is. It's just growing old. It's just deteriorating. Sky's gonna pull out his little magic space mm -hmm. compass and just is it pointing in the same direction as it was the evening before? Yes. Right. Sky's just gonna sort of buck up a little bit and maybe be like a little bit too like proper-y and leader-y but he's gonna be like right gang it seems like we are lost in Space. And not only that, unknown space. <laughs> Which is bad. And I think we all want to go home. And I want to go home too. But also, I kind of want to explore unknown space because that's really cool. And maybe, maybe we'll bring back some evidence of like what life is like, if there's any life. Maybe we'll find life out here. Oh, we already have actually. We found those lizards. But maybe we'll find some other life who like talk like us and we can be friends with them and then we can bring that stuff all that evidence back to known space anyway i've got this compass that that captain orion gave me uh and it was really weird but it seems like it's working now so like should we just use it that was all a little clumsy but i do agree with you <laughs> wait so we've been sat here like yesterday we were you know hurtling through space and we were wondering where the hell we were going to go and you had the answer in your pocket. I mean, I was a bit shaken up. Like, I took my first day in the job and, like, the ship, like, exploded. We landed in unknown space. There was this no, giant robotic that's dinosaur. We, we were flying on a space dinosaur. It was just all too much. Yeah, I understand. You that know, like, quite a lot to you don't in. always take a moment to go, like, oh, you know, what's in my bag? You know, what can I do that will help this extremely specific scenario? That's a very good point. I understand. I apologize for any, uh, to what this I may present it towards you there. That's not my intention. That's okay, I'm just Mr. a little Petey. bit stressed. You know, you're talking about going home. I don't want to go home. I like it here. I got my flowers. I got my bird. I got my bones. I got everything I need. And I think, I agree with you. I think we should go out there and explore. I think we should, uh, does anyone have any way of documenting this? Ro, can you like take like a snap grab or like a, a snapshot, snapshot, a picture, a photograph, but the words are, I don't know. Maybe, like, and document this, because this is interesting. This is cool. We got this, like, egg planet kind of dealio here. It's very interesting. Sure thing. Pose, bitch. 
Braxton, get in here. <laughs> all right, all right. You'll get a cool little photo uh, here. Um, how do we all pose? What poses are we all doing? Braxton is, is not even, he's like barely smiling. Uh, he's just sort of doing that like half, it's hard to, you can't see me on the podcast, but I'm doing one of those, you know, when you like pass a co-worker, you half know, you do look like. That little, like, that little, mm, that little half yeah, smile, yeah, that, like <laughs> you tighten your lip. Yeah, yeah. His, his lips are looking tight. His lips are so tight, bro. Um, <laughs> cool. Gosh. Um, <laughs> got that out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sky's Sky's just like got the compass out, full like Lewis and Clark explorers like pose. Pete's taking one of the bones out of his finger and is like, what a, like what a ragtag bunch of uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking weirdos. Um, cool. Are you guys setting off? Is anything else yeah, you'd like to do? Let's go, find, let's go find plan of the week. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take like a couple a handful of flowers just in case. Just gonna take a handful can. of these flowers that honestly seem to have had no benefit to using, and um, but you keep them anyway, um, because you and I, Curran, are renowned for fucking with me with things that I've said and forgot uh, that I've said. Um, cool. You set off once more, leaving the relative peacefulness of this small sort of enclosed grove you'd had the luck of finding. And head out into the wild and untamable cosmic storm of the river. As you are battered and beaten from side to side, dodging lightning and asteroid, what are you all thinking about? Is anyone thinking about anything? I'm trying to get Braxton alone so that I can play him this um, file that I played for Sky, but I really don't want Petey to hear it. You roam your stealth check. You could probably to just see if you could find a way to do that. Um, so on that roll with your stealth check, you yeah you can do that. You um, still have the earpieces that you'd had back in way back in episode one on the eclipse. You could play uh, the files um, through that earpiece. You could sort of like I'm not going to make you read out everything that I had said to you, but you roll as a character could just read it through the earpiece, and Peter wouldn't hear it. Yeah, when you were reading it, I was like, I'm straight up going to play this out of me. I can't remember all these names. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, would you like me to just give you a quick sort of cliff notes, Alex, of the important shit? Or... Yeah, this happened a while ago. <laughs> yeah, it did, and I was talking for a long time, so I'm not surprised. Um, sorry for the listeners. Um, essentially, as a dossier with files and pictures, um, basically, of Pete's sister, Mucasetta, uh, planning to assassinate him. Um there's an audio file from like a mole wearing a wire. For whatever reason, Captain Orion had a mole in there specifically to catch this, which seems unclear. However, there is an email conversation between Captain Orion's father, Daedalus Orion, um, and Polyacardamoid, Petey's father, um, where they seem like to be like good friends. Um, they're talking about something called Project Icarus, which they're like funding together. Um, it doesn't seem clear what it is. And then Petey's father. Polly says something about uh, a Merry Christmas, uh, which is a plasmoid holiday. That um, one was funny. Yeah, thank you. Took me ages, took me a while to write that. Um, but yeah. And a happy goo year. Anyway. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's related to me. So the takeaway is Captain Orion knew Pete was going to get assassinated and was okay with that? No, he had um, gave this to Sky to be like give this to PA before he's assassinated. Oh, to warn PA. Never, yeah. right, never. Okay, I see, I see. Okay, that's cool. Right. Yeah, 
I take that in. Uh, I can't really say anything about it right now in front of B, so I just give Ro a little uh, nod. Ro has been so, like, chalant about this. She's, like, wants to gossip about it so bad. She's, like, as much as a robot can, she's, like... Give it the eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, as you guys, you guys are doing that, uh, uh, Ro and Braxton, um, Sky... Uh, when you're flying through space, uh, your eyes sort of follow the arm of the compass, and as you scan through the mess of cosmic energy around you, you see uh, the distant glow of what could only be a planet uh, directly in the direction of the compass, sort of off in the distance. Well, um, it definitely points to something, this compass. I mean, I suppose we still don't know actually what, but it's taking us to a planet, so I suppose that's good. Planet's good, better than a better than a weird egg thing that we were in last time. I don't know, I kind of like the egg. I kind of like the egg too, it was nice. Yeah, nice this egg. planet is for the girls. <laughs> um, after about an hour of ducking and dodging, uh, you find yourself within sight range of your destination planet. Uh, a fairly small planet, the surface of which seems almost entirely covered and steel and chrome from this distance. Uh, plumes of steam and smoke erupt uh, from all sides into the atmosphere like great volcanoes of industry, machines of progress. At first, it looks like the planet has a thin ring of asteroids around it, um, but as you get closer, you see that there are in fact uh, loads of little small ships, uh, little rusty tugboats uh, attached to the planet. Uh, with gargantuan, awe-inspiring chains, all trundle and unison. And as you sort of watch, you see that they're keeping the planet at a steady rotation manually, um, using these little, like, uh, like old-style like English tugboats sort of thing. Um, as you pass by uh, these kind of crusty robot sailors that are manning them, they're sort of wearing, like, patchwork coats and, like, ratty hats, uh, they all seem quite friendly, they all sort of wave to you as you float by uh, and shout in a faint and strange accent. Um, you get a sense of community here. Uh, the crew of one of the tugboats tosses a cask of bottles, you assume filled with oil, um, for another ship to drink. Um, shouts Josh, of harass. Just, just out of interest, um, since you love doing accents, oh, what God. is this strange accent that they are producing? Um, Hello there, governor. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they sound like. Yes. Cockney robots. Cockney um, they, <laughs> they shout sort of harass and stuff and tell jokes. They're all sort of very jaunty. Uh, like, what shall we do with a drunken sailor? They all sound like that. Um, you see to the far edge of the sort of part of the ring that you're at, um, a small grouping of tentacles appear. Uh, on the far end, moving to grapple one of the tugboats. Um, and you just hear from the, the boat loads of robots going, Blimey! Rabbit blah As they all grab like harpoons and start like fighting the tentacles off as you watch them like slink back into the river um, with like another cheer from all the boats. Um, you enter the atmosphere and glide down into a dirty and grimy city. Uh, from what you can see, it's almost entirely populated by like sort of peasant robots uh, wearing crumbled top hats and splintered canes. Um, some wear sort of Victorian garters and bonnets, others only rags. You circle the skyline past a huge tower uh, with a digital clock face on it. 
the starlight illuminating uh, a sort of oily river below it. Um, the tower lets out a sort of repetitive beep, like an alarm, an alarm clock as it strikes midnight. You're like, um, as that hits 12. Right, go yeah. on. I know you've got a pun name for the tower. What is it? I, 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 do you know, I thought about this for so long and I, I couldn't think of a pun name for it. I had uh, Big Bot. I had, uh, that was really all I had for it. If anyone has a robot pun name for Big Ben, please. That's all I could think of just Big there bot. as well. Yeah. yeah. The pun was that it has a digital clock face. A bot Ben. Bot Ben. Yeah, it's hard, man. Writing, <laughs> yeah, writing is hard. Okay, guys. You do a smashing job. You do Thank a great you. job. Thank you. I like to think I, I, I create a, a living world. Um, <laughs> um, you sort of circle along the skyline above the kind of chimney tops and things like that. Um, you land in a back street, setting yourself among the oily cobbles and hear what sounds like, like a young sort of newsboy from uh, around the bend start to shout. Um, just like noises and he's like extra extra read all about it and uh, around the corner as you're sort of dismounting and and sort of landing and sort of setting yourself is there anything you want to say to each other uh sky would just uh well gang not to sound too optimistic but it seems like this compass took us straight to another civilization uh, we're saved and we'll be home tomorrow um, I will say, to counter your point, uh, we don't know if these uh, people have had any other contact. This might be a pristine civilization, and then suddenly a ghoul man with a skeleton, a robot they've never seen before, a blue dude, and a human pop up on a giant robotic slash biological bird, and then they're like, hey, how you doing? Can we steal a ship? They might not like that, so we should maybe approach this with a sense of caution. This might be their kind of first contact by the tentacles. Yeah, it's it's probably, you know, in our fate, we have Ro with us. Uh, Ro, uh, you do look a little different from these robots, but, you know, they should notice one of their own and see that you've accepted us, and then hopefully we'll help. Yeah, I was going to ask. I've never been here before or know anyone here, do I? <laughs> no. You, looking at the sort of robots you'd seen um, from, like, when you were flying over, they're of, like, a, a much sort of older models. They're all sort of, like, like steampunky, like, cogs and gears rather than, like, you're quite sleek and, like, wires and uh, electrical nodes and stuff. They are all, like, made of cogs and gears and steam power. Roll really fancies like everyone here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys get off. You hear the the newsboy shout again from just round the corner from you, and he says, uh, "The wire chapel stripper strikes again. The streets of robotic London terrorised." <laughs> <laughs> the... Great, so we're in a London, right? Okay, maybe we go speak to this kid. Seems like he knows what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting to land anywhere with, like, this much civilization anytime soon. Should we just, like, f- find the old mayor and just ask them for a bit of help? Maybe we, uh, maybe we start with the kid. Before. We'll work our way up towards the mayor. Start with the kid. Ro, do you want to take the lead on this one? Sure thing. 
cool. Uh, you guys head across. Um, you walk around the corner and you see like a little robot boy. Um, he's missing one leg uh, and he's using that leg sort of like a crutch. Um, he's got like a, a little flat cap uh, as he sits and looks Just at you. T- tiny Timbot from Futurama. Yeah, it's fully, it's Tiny Timbot from <laughs> yeah, Futurama. Fully. I couldn't think of a better thing, so it's just Tiny Timbot from Futurama. <laughs> What do you say to him? Because he just sees you approaching. He's sort of waving his papers around. Say, kid, what's that story you're selling? Hello, hello, hello. My name's Pippity Poppetin, I say it is. My name's Pippity Poppetin. <laughs> really testing out the pop filter on my makeup. I say it is. And I'd love to help you, if only I had a few extra bitcoins lying in me pockets. <laughs> I'm going to throw in one gold. This isn't a bitcoin. I can't spend this on the crypto market. <laughs> hey, kid. Um, obviously, we're not from around here. Hey, 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 don't sorry. I'm going to just myself. I'm P, the plasmoid. Um, I uh, we don't have anything, any bitcoins per se, but we'd be happy to trade for some bitcoins, another currency, or perhaps a commodity. Uh, what kind of things do you need? What do you like? What well, do you I need? like oil, so I do, and I also would like an extra. Guys, do you have any oil? Fresh out of legs. Um, oh, I actually do have oil from my priest's kit. That guy gave us oil on the way in. Did they not? No, he was throwing it to another boat. I do have oil. Oh, I'll give him some sake. oil. You give him the oil and he's like, Thank you very much, I say I do. I'm going to get right stinking drunk on this. And he like pops it open <laughs> oh. and just starts drinking it. And I, you get booze I didn't know there was a morality issue there. <laughs> um, well, uh, can you give us a lowdown of a sort of... We're, we're, we're new in town. Uh, looking for uh, things to do, things to look out for. People to know. Well, I'll tell you something to look out for, I'll say I will. Get off these streets before the stroke of 1am, because that's when the the Whitechapel stripper uh, comes out. <laughs> I cannot keep this up. Uh, the Whitechapel stripper comes out to hand. <laughs> Are you saying stripper? Stripper, yes, the Whitechapel stripper. Oh. Ro is, like, writing down the time she's going to be there. He's... <laughs> He's killed four, I count them four, robot ladies of the night, so he has. And uh, just out of interest, what time is it right now? Well, it's five past midnight, I say I do. Oh, so we've landed on this planet with less than an hour before the serial killer will be prowling the streets. <laughs> you boy, is there some kind of reward for anyone who takes down this wired Well, sir, I say I do. Other than the love and affection of the whole of Robot London itself, the chief down at Robot Scotland Yard has said there's a mighty fine bounty of 10,000 Bitcoin. All right. Well, uh, that wouldn't hurt. But 10,000 Bitcoins, we just have enough to buy a ship around here. Well, that would be enough to buy a whole fleet of ships around here, good sir. I say I do. Well, fellas, Ro, think you know what we got to do? We gotta find this guy, and I say we kill him. But then I'm trying to think of a way we can uh, funnel more money out of this. Perhaps if we were to start a fleet, 
we could uh, start, you know, transportation between RXD. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. That famous saying. Yeah, we'll get to that bridge, we'll get then we'll to cross that it, we and then we'll try to fall in the water, <laughs> and then, uh, then we'll be on the other side. Well, gang, it sounds like we're going to go hunt a stripper. <laughs> the Scooby-Doo theme, please. <laughs> Perhaps, good sirs, if you were to find the stripper, you could remember what your good friend Pippity Popperton did for you today, and you could send some of that money my way, so I wouldn't have to sleep underneath the river every night. Uh, Ro, how do you feel about being a... Um, for lack of a better term, bait. Lady of the night activated. Nothing changes. <laughs> <laughs> um, how is is there any way to dress Ro up a little bit in this sort of style? Are there any there's, shops a, open? there's a there's no shops open, but there's a an unguarded washing line, but a few feet away. <laughs> oh, excellent! Oh my gosh, it's Mikkel. P.E. has sticky fingers uh, in more ways than one, so he can go grab that. Pete, if you'd like uh, to roll me sleight of hand I'm gonna, uh, with yeah. uh, advantage. Yes. That's a nat one, so thank fuck for the advantage. That's a 17 on the die, and then my sleight of hand. Where's that? Come on, baby. It's a plus. Plus 8 to my sleight of hand, so my decks. So that's 25. A you find uh, a red, sort of lacy corset uh, and a, a, a dark bonnet. Oh. Do I find anything for the <laughs> oh, oh yeah, let's all dress up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love on a twenty-five, yeah. fine. You find some fucking top hats. Uh, there's a coat with tails on it. Um, nice. There's also uh, a pair of like um, those like old timey like trousers that you would tuck into your socks. You know the ones? One of them. Britches, pantaloons. Britches. Yeah, there's like pantaloons. Like- a montage where everyone walks out in their clothes and they're yeah, yeah. Like everyone, this. everyone describe what everyone describe what you walk out. What I want yeah. to got an adventure. <laughs> no, but it's still like some Victorian ass. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's everyone wearing? I can, yeah. yeah, I come out. I've definitely got a little like flat cap on, uh, dungarees and a bow tie, uh, sleeves rolled up, and um, a pair of uh, big boots with buckles on them. So Ro looks at him really quizzical and then she goes, she like puts her finger up like she's got an idea and then she goes over and unhooks just one side of the dungarees and then she's like got little hearts on her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and we high five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, PT looks like the conductor for an orchestra. <laughs> full full tails. Full, full tails, um, immaculate suit that uh, is immaculate for about five minutes. Until he starts to get really, really, it's still his booze starts to seep through the suit slightly. So then he's applying his talcum, <laughs> just trying to like keep dry. Uh, there wasn't anything for Sky on the washing line because it had fallen off in a little like muddy back garden. <laughs> so Sky's got some like grubby like like his shirt and like managed to find a waistcoat that would fit. And he's put the he's got the compass on a little chain that came with it and it's like a pocket watch instead of a instead of a clock, it's a pocket compass. Nice. Very nice. That's cool. <laughs> um you guys do this little fashion show. Uh, nice. I'm gonna make a roll here. As you all sort of get your gear together and get uh, changed, you hear a a piercing scream from down a nearby alley uh, and then the sound of, of power tools drowned out by the beeping of a digital clock as you look up and 50 minutes have passed while you've been doing all of this 
<laughs> um, drills and saws you hear from like down a sort of back alley as uh, Pippet Popperton panics and screams it. It's the stripper, it is! Uh, uh, and runs off uh, away. What do you do? I would like to be on a roof with my rifle um, posted up. So you're gonna, okay, you're gonna climb up onto the roof. Yep. Cool. Um, you can roll me a dex check. I'm going to sprint towards Everyone the that's doing anything like running, climbing, whatever, can just roll me a dex check for it. I've got 11. Um, so she's, I'm going to like just sort of hide in a sort of alleyway until I can see or figure out the direction of the screen. Cool. Sky, what do you think? Yeah, I was more on the PE side, like, we should we should run and see where the screaming came from. Cool, so PE and Sky, you guys rush in, uh, Braxton, you, your bones are older than they once were as you sort of slowly kind of struggle up onto this rooftop row, you're sort of hanging back um, sort of keeping kind of more silent, sort of looking where you're going um, you guys rush into the alleyway um, as you round the slippery cobbled streets, um, tumbling through fog and steam, you reach the scene of a grisly crime drip, drip, drip motor oil leaks from the neck of the robot woman lying before you. The gap in which her head was once connected to her body, sparking with severed cables and wires, eyes lifeless. Much like they probably had been before she was dead because she's a robot. Um, what would you just like to do? That's horrifying. Is there like a pool of oil, like where she uh, was? Yes. I'm assuming then the killer would have stood in the pool of oil. Roll me an investigation check. Sky, what were you allowed to do? Sky, Sky like, grabs Ro and he's like, Ro, Ro, don't look, it's horrific. This is too much. <laughs> Ro, you've already looked. Yeah, she's she's looking, she's like, <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> that 14. is a 14. Uh, cool. On a 14, you look at the thing of oil, you do see there's footprints in it. Um, and you notice something weird. Um, they're not robot footprints. They're humanoid. They're like the little little humanoid feet. From my high up position, can I see anyone scarpering away? Roll me a perception check with advantage because you've got a sniper rifle. Uh, twenty-five. On a twenty, that's a fucking insane roll. On a twenty-five, because the DC for this was going to be twenty. Uh, on a twenty-five, um, you peer through your scope, you've hunted criminals for so long, you can sort of guess the direction this guy's going to run and you do catch for a brief moment uh, what looks like a sort of dark figure wearing a long coat with a very very long top hat, like a very high top hat um, rounding a corner just out of your sight and on a 25 as he rounds the corner you get a brief glimpse, a brief flash of something golden as he rounds a corner and runs as they around the corner and run. Have I got any type of take a shot? Like, I want to try and fire my net. Um, I'm going to say with that, no. You, like, just catch them as they, like, get out of your line of view. Um, would anyone else like to do anything here? Would anyone else like to do some investigating? Yeah. <laughs> Sky and Ro, you can also make me uh, some investigation checks. Cool. 17. 17. 
Uh, what about you, though? So I'll go with you, Sky. First, you look over the body. Um, this thing has been like ripped apart, like violently. Um, but you do notice all of it's still here, other than a leg. It's missing its left leg, which just doesn't seem to be. It seems to be be taken. The left leg of the robot. The left leg. The left leg. Okay. That the one that Tiny Timbot was missing. That is the one that Tiny Timbot was <laughs> oh, missing. God's sake. Uh, well, <laughs> Pippity Poppertim is his actual oh, name. No. Um, Roll on your roll there. Um, you look at the robot as just a whole thing, as like a being. Um, this looks like a very similar model, like a primitive version of what you are. You know what I mean? This is not far from what you are now. You know what I mean? Maybe like a few models back. Um, if you were to roll, I'm going to say this right now, if you were to roll a high enough intelligence check, you could potentially hack into her sort of final memories. And, and, and maybe see if there's any kind of memory left in what would be her CPU. Yeah, let's give that a try. Cool, roll me a, an intelligence check. Anyone can give the help action if they'd like. <gasps> oh, fuck yeah. Wait, I what's like it? Yeah. Intelligence. Yeah, we're all there. It's time to hack. Did you say intelligence? Yeah. It's 21. 21? Oh, that's crazy. Um, 21. Um, the DC for that was 18, by the way, so you've smashed it. Um, you kneel down beside this robot. Um, you pull the little jack, a headphone jack thing from your own head, and plug it into hers. <sighs> After a few seconds, your consciousness jets from your own body and into the victims. Um, the rest of you watch on as Ro sort of goes limp, uh, and her body uh, sort of collapses to the ground. Um, it has you know, everything that is her transfers across for the time being. Um, Ro, you find yourself in inky darkness. You seem to be standing in what feels like a tar-like substance, sort of black and sticky. The walls of this place seem close and yet infinitely far away all at once. You feel that they drip with the same liquid as the floor, and as you look around, you hear footsteps and turn to see the victim standing before you. Um, her limbs are all jagged and sort of misplaced. Her head glances at you on a kind of sideways slant. And she says, uh, Where am I? She alive? Uh, in this space, she's sort of alive. This is sort of a, a space. Uh, you're inside her consciousness. Oh, so I thought it was going to show me like a vision of how she died. I was you like, thought that as well, but you found yourself in this part of her consciousness. Oh, sick. Speaking to whatever's hey girl. left. <laughs> hey, girl, it's not looking good for you right now. <laughs> Why are you here? Listen, girl, you're up in a heap on the street. I noticed we are of similar model and make. I'm on a mission right now. This is a whole thing. Have you any recollection of the past, like, half an hour? She... She looks at you, and she looks you up and down, and she says, It's you he wants, not me. It's supposed to be you. 
Why would you think that? You're going to stay here. I'm going to take your body, and I'm going to be okay. Um, she reaches her hand out as horrible inky black tentacles shoot from all around you and attempt to seize you. Uh, I'm going to need you to roll a strength saving throw. 24. Cool. On a 24, <laughs> these tentacles grab you. You feel the darkness covering you as a sort of tar sort of seeps through your entire being and everything uh, goes black. The tar covers your eyes. You can't see anything and you no longer can hear anything around you. And for seconds, minutes, maybe hours, what feels like an eternity for you is blackness. And then your eyes uh, flicker open again and you find yourself back in Micrum. Uh, it's late at night. The electric fire hums as the relative peace is broken by a loud rapping at the door. And you hear, We know you're in there, Mickey. Give us what we want and we'll leave. You see Mike, uh, a lot older now than the last memory you'd been in, sitting in his chair, uh, wedding picture held in his now frail hand. And he says, uh, I'm sorry, Ro. I'm so sorry. What do you say? Or what do you do? Who's at the door, Mike? Uh, I thought I could win some money, you know. I I thought I could get you a body so that you could live your own life. But these these people, Ro, the raps, uh, again, this time, get louder with a loud cracking of wood. What would you like to do? Anywhere that I can, like, I'm still a brick. You're still a brick. Um, there's nowhere I can see to hide, Mike, or help. Roll me a perception check. Nine. On a nine, you look around. You've only had one view of this room for as long as, at this point in your life, you had been alive, one angle, unable to move. And the realization comes in that all you are able to do is all you've ever been able to do and that is to sit and watch Um, Mike isn't there somewhere you can hide somewhere in this house surely you see Mike look at you he goes pale he slowly gets up and begins to walk across to you he gently places his hand on you and he says it's gonna be okay Ro it's it's gonna be okay and he flicks you into standby mode darkness again again for what feels like an eternity but you feel like you are still in this memory when you reboot the room is different, Uh, the fire is out the pictures are smashed and a new man stands before you he is tall and muscular wearing a sleeveless denim vest and a pair of blood-stained cargo trousers he has a fresh bruise on his jaw and he says uh, (laughs) you're finally awake then 
What would you like to say? Ew. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at you and he goes, Yeah. You'll make an excellent addition to the boss's collection. We're gonna get you a body. He picks you up. And as he carries you out of the room, you see Mike lying face down in a pool of blood. Non-breathing. Is there anything you would like to say as you pass by him? Goodbye, Mike. I'll always be road to you. As you're carried out of the room, the next few hundred years race through your mind, your consciousness being transferred from body to body, uh, and then finally into your current form, the robust 9000. Um, the horrible men and women you worked for and the things that you were made to do to survive and then the face of the man that saved you blackness again and this time a light not from outside but from within as that heart on your chest begins to burn brightly red as you find strength within you and with a 25 or whatever strength roll you had made you feel yourself burst from the inky tar that had enveloped you. You stand before that victim, the woman who had been murdered, as she slowly is walking away from you towards uh, a door of nothing but bright white, and you know that only one of you, only one of you can go through that door. You're now free, but she is closer than you to the exit. What would you like to do? This bitch. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna sprint, like sprint as fast as I can, um, and try and just sort of, if not like headlocker, and then just throw onto the ground. Roll me an athletics check. Nineteen. On a nineteen, you burst from this tar, start sprinting through the blackness. This uh, robot woman, reaching for freedom, her janky hand almost to the exit as you yank her by her fucking robot bonnet pull her back to the ground fucking stamp this bitch out man you fuck her up Uh, you stand now she's on the ground whimpering looking at you Um, her last chance at being alive again uh, snuffed out uh, as you stand in the doorway back to your own body Uh, is there anything you'd like to say to her before you walk through Rowan, bitch. You take a step through and find yourself now back in your own body, seeing things around you again. Um, your eyes flicker and you look up and you see uh, that same man who had saved you all those years ago from the life you were living, uh, Braxton, standing above you on the rooftops. All good, Rowan? Aww. Uh, she's going to throw up like a, just a wee peace symbol. Like, thump her chest and throw one up. She ain't got time to explain everything she's just seen, man. <laughs> Alright, coming down now. Tell you what I saw. Braxton, you reach the bottom, and as you do, um, and you all sort of congregate around this broad body, uh, you hear a sharp uh, whistle blow reverberating from the far end of the alley, along with the sounds of many pairs of metal feet, and you hear, STOP! IN THE NAME OF THE LAW! Uh, as you see loads of uh, robot policemen and little tin badges and hats uh, 
bolting it down the alley towards you. And that is where we're going to end today's session. Wow. That was heavy, bro. That's heavy. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Thank you for everyone listening in next week. Uh, We'll be back again in two weeks' time. So we'll see you then. We've been Tap Tabletop. You've been fantastic. Bye. (laughs) 